Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Now, on Monday, we talked about Tiffany's recent visit to the United States after being away for quite a few years, in part because of the pandemic. Tiffany, as you know, has been living over in Rome for 16 years now. And this was the first time she visited the United States and felt a very strong sense of reverse culture shock. In response to that show, we got an email I'd like to share with you. So if you haven't yet heard that show on Monday, listen to that one first. This is an email from Sonali, who is in Boston. She writes, Hi, Katie and Tiffany. I listened to Tiffany's interview about her reverse culture shock today. Boy, did it ring true for me. As someone experiencing reverse culture shock during the last 18 months, I can definitely confirm many of Tiffany's points. I too find the U.S. exceptionally expensive, even after being in Switzerland for four years, which is arguably another expensive country. The prices of basic staples like flour, sugar, bread, etc. is really quite high and reinforces the food inequity that plagues this country. Not sure if it's of interest to you guys, but additional things that have shocked me since returning are the following. Number one, the absolutely poor quality of our homes and the content of our homes. The new construction that's being built today and sold for outrageous prices is often shabby and poor quality. I've heard so many Europeans question why American homes are made of wood and so flimsy. I initially scoffed, but I now see their point. The floor of my apartment this year buckled. The window broke and the walls are so thin I can hear the conversations of my neighbors below me. And this is a premier new construction. It's mind-boggling. There was a terrible flood in Germany this summer. It flooded entire villages and washed out some bridges, but the 300-year-old stone homes, very comfortable and affordable in the area, didn't move. As my husband pointed out, that's construction. Number two, the hyper-focus on patriotism. Nearly every car advertisement focuses on freedom or includes subtle references to American individuality and ideas. This is most common with truck advertisements, but I've seen it even with Toyota SUVs. This is not something that you see overseas. Further, the news constantly uses military-esque language when referring to urban cities and or law enforcement. For example, city centers are war zones, barricades and checkpoints, etc. This was particularly prevalent during the Black Lives Matter protests in the summer of 2020. It's shocking how much we militarize our daily life. These are just two things I've really noticed upon my return. I'd be curious whether Tiffany noticed these as well. And a funny story. I asked my husband, who is Italian, what he thinks is the biggest difference. Mind you, he has only lived here for 18 months, but he's completely shocked that you need a prescription to get syringes, but can easily walk into a gun shop and walk out with a gun. He recently had a major muscle spasm and asked the pharmacist if he could purchase a muscle relaxant shot at the CVS. This is something you can do in Italy quite easily without a prescription. Of course, that's not something that you can do in the U.S., which the pharmacist explained. He was dumbfounded. When I explained that I thought the regulations were to avoid misuse and abuse, he raised his eyebrow and said, but prescribing painkillers is no problem? Well, touche. He has warned me that he plans to stock up on such syringes the next time he goes to Italy. 
I have strongly advised against it. Thank you so much for that letter. And if that letter made you think of anything, any of your uh, reverse culture shock observations about what you saw in your home country when you returned back from being abroad, we'd love to hear them. Send your emails to bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, thebittersweetlife.net. Now, in thinking about culture shock, I kind of wanted to take it in the reverse direction. Again, to those of you who are thinking about moving abroad and then circle back into the reverse culture shock of coming home. Uh, I was looking up, it's funny, I have a book on my shelf that's actually titled Culture Shock and it's a series and it's a book that I bought ages and ages ago. It's quite old now. That's called Culture Shock Vietnam, A Guide to Customs and Etiquette. And this is back when uh, me and my father in my 20s were traveling to Vietnam quite frequently. We would go two times a year. And of course, in preparation to go there and do some work there, this book was meant to help me not to stick my foot in my mouth or shake hands exuberantly when that would make somebody uncomfortable or all those little tiny touchstones, the cultural differences that you don't know when you're going into a brand new country. But I was interested to find that there was a section in here called the calendar stages of culture shock. And I'm not going to read the entire thing, but they kind of break it down. If you're moving abroad to a new place, this is what you can expect to experience at different stages of your time abroad. And I just thought I would read a little bit of it and I'd be very curious to hear if this rings true to what your experience of moving abroad was, either in the past or just recently. Okay, so there's these four stages that I'm gonna read you. And the first one is for zero to two months, the initial stage. And I've just underlined certain sentences within these paragraphs, so I will only be reading you select things that Miss Claire Ellis wrote when she wrote this book. Zero to two months. Culture shock starts the second you descend from the clouds. There's the excitement of exploring a new place, the challenge of new work. While it is certainly not home, the place is not all that bad, and you will be able to cope. It's not as bad as I thought it might be, is a common early statement. Each day is a new learning experience, and something to look forward to. The health of most people is far from perfect in the first few weeks. An inability to sleep through the night is common. The other side of the coin is mental overstimulation. Everything is new. The faces, language, roads, prices, and friends. But nobody expects you to be on top of everything in the first few weeks. So allowances are made for you to settle in. So that's from zero to two months. Jumping forward now to three to six months in. The enthusiasm is wearing off, is the title of this section. By now, the veneer is wearing off. You still have not settled into a satisfactory routine. The friends you initially met and were happy to go out with are annoying you a little. You realize that they do not replace the soulmates that you had at home. You are probably starting to feel homesick. Things do not seem to be progressing as fast as you would like, and every small thing takes a long time to do. If you're a non-working spouse or partner, or you don't yet have a job, you are getting a little bored. Having the whole day to yourself seemed like a luxury at first, but has quickly become unrewarding. So that is three to six months. Do you agree with that assessment? 
I'd be interested to hear. For me, I would say in Rome that that doesn't quite reflect my experience, but I think it's interesting and I'm putting it out there to see what you have to say. All right, next section, six to 12 months. Settling down is the title to this one. Now you are really settling in. Work has taken on a routine. The house is becoming settled. The language is much more familiar and you begin to experiment with it in marketplaces when you buy. You are still feeling a little inefficient, but you are doing quite well. The bad days get fewer and fewer. So that's six to 12 months. And finally, long-term, one year and beyond. You are happy and settled, involved in the issues of living that you would face anywhere in the world. You have plenty of friends and lead a busy, enjoyable life. The initial problems you faced when you arrived seem to have become a blur and are now fondly joked about. You take newcomers under your wing and can give plenty of advice. Things that threw you off track when you first arrived are now scarcely noticed. Life still has its highs and lows, but you bounce back from these with the help of friends. Generally, you feel comfortable and have the sense that you have adjusted well. At times, though, you are thrown off balance, realizing that you have only a superficial understanding of the culture. It takes years and an excellent command of the language to really understand the people. All right, so that's Culture Shock Vietnam's layout of what the stages of moving abroad are. What do you think? Does that reflect true on your experience? And of course, there is a little bit written in here about going home, reverse culture shock. And I don't want to read as much about that, even though that's sort of the topic of the week. But I thought I'd read a little of it just to bring it home and wrap this little episode up. Going home, reverse culture shock. Life at home may seem to have changed little while you have been away, but you have changed. And we have talked about that a lot on the show, and I definitely found that to be true. On your return, people will be curious about where you have been and how you lived, but this is usually a temporary curiosity. Unless they are also well-traveled, most people find it hard to relate to your experiences and do not want to listen to a three-hour account of where you have been. While changes at home may appear minimal, you will still find that your friends' children have grown up, weddings and celebrations have occurred which you did not attend, and you are out of step with all the news. Worse still, after settling back into your home routine, beware of boredom. To all of this, there are no instant solutions. And we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for your email, Sonali. And I look forward to hearing other thoughts that you have out there about culture shock moving abroad or reverse culture shock and coming home. You can always reach us, as I said, at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com or just visit bittersweetlife.net and you can write us through there. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. If you love this show, support it. For as little as $5 every month, you get to hear two bonus episodes and even say hello during upcoming meetups online. That's every month for as little as $5. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and click support to explore ways to pitch in to keep this show you love on the air. Thank you.